Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 151 of Selling the Couch. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is March I am doing a happy dance as I record this because I am so ready for spring. This has been just a brutally weird and cold winter. I mean, the range here in Philly from just bitter cold and snow to freezing rain to a couple of weeks ago, a commute that usually takes me about seven minutes from my house to the train station ended up taking 40 minutes because of freezing rain. So... I'm just ready for spring. <laughs> hope you're doing well and hope you're, this today's podcast finds you doing well and uh, your practice doing well. Today's podcast session is actually a topic I've been thinking about, which is like a really practical thing that, that many of us have or struggle with in session, which is the idea of client homework and how do we assign homework? Um, how do we motivate clients to do homework? I was thinking a lot about just my own training. And I think, so this is going to sound so nerdy, but I love the thought of creating homework, like creating like customized homework for clients, but whether it gets done in things, that's always been a little bit of a challenge. And so I connected with Kouris Kaligas a couple of months ago, actually a couple of weeks ago now. And he mentioned that he was creating this app called TheraChat, which is basically, um, it's a HIPAA compliant encrypted app that helps clients do homework. And he was like, you know what, uh, Melvin, I actually studied and interviewed over 500 clinicians in private practice about homework and what they had learned, you know, how to, what motivates clients to do homework, what type of homework works really well. And I was like, oh, that would be so interesting just to have a conversation about that. So that's today's podcast session. Today's podcast is supported by Turning Point HQ. Uh, this is a brand new sponsor on the STC podcast, but David and well, I call him Dave. Dave and I have gotten to know each other over the past two years. He was a previous STC podcast guest. And honestly, Dave is one of the most kind and generous and helpful people that I know. And with sponsors, you guys know I'm, I'm super discretionary in terms of who I share uh, the STC audience with. And Dave, when uh, we talked about sponsorship, he was one of those people. I just, I had zero doubt. And so Dave is a financial planner uh, specifically for therapists. And 
His whole mission is to transform your relationship with money. I know for many of us, uh, money is something that, and the money stories that we have often been told, it impacts a lot of how we do business. It impacts how we approach things like retirement and investing and all of those things. And Dave understands that, and he comes from just a very heart-centered place to help us build out an investment in a retirement portfolio. Dave actually has this really cool guide. Uh, it's absolutely free to download, and it's called The Seven Money Mistakes That Hold Therapists Back. You can find it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash turning point HQ. And that guide has a lot of the things that, that can hold a lot of therapists back. And actually, if you go through that link as well, you get $200 off any service that Dave provides. So we will get right to today's podcast conversation. So here's my conversation with Kuris Kaligas from Therachat.io. Hi, Kuris. Welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. Thank you for having me. It's so good to connect with you. I'm so excited for today's conversation just because I just think this topic of uh, homework within sessions, and I know that a lot of clinicians try to give homework to clients, but whether that's always successful or not, that's sort of the challenge. And I'm excited yeah. for this conversation just to hear some of the stuff that you've learned along the way. Yeah, great. Great to be here. So I kind of wanted to just start high level. So when we were talking, you had mentioned that you created the TheraChat app, but before you created that, you actually did a bunch of interviews. And you told me you did over 500 interviews with clinicians about their sort of day-to-day journey and their day-to-day process. What motivated you to do that? Yeah, definitely. So we did the um, interviews before we actually built the product. And that's because during some offhand conversations with therapists, we noticed that there were uh, clinically proven methods that would help clients reach their therapy goals. But many of these methods required clients to do work between therapy sessions and clients just weren't doing this work. We've heard this over and over again from, from therapists. Now, we, we saw the situation as an opportunity to build a tool that could help therapists get their clients to do this work, but we wanted to make sure we understood the problem first. And this is actually where the interviews come first. You know, Typically in startup land, we jump into a solution we had, without having understood the problem, and I've done this mistake myself, and we wanted to take the time to do our research and and find those therapists who are in private practice, interview them about all kinds of things, but including homework, of course. Now, we initially considered hiring actually a therapist on staff, but we knew a really great tool couldn't build around the needs of one person. Mm. So instead, we started interviewing therapists and working with them to design the product together. This has worked out great because uh, right now we have a group of therapists, some of them are customers that we can talk with before we build anything new. And we also keep our roadmap open to therapists so that they can give us feedback on what we plan to build next. We even combine that with a therapy closed uh, Facebook group, which is for our customers, uh, where we end up getting most of our ideas directly from therapists. That's such a different way of doing things, right? Because I think you hit the nail on the head. I think for many of us, right, whether even if we're not developing something like an app, I just think about like clinicians in private practice, right? Like when we're trying to add a service or trying to think of a different niche, I think, yeah, I know for me, I've struggled with this too, which is 
I'm like, oh, that would be a great service or that would be a great niche. Let me just jump right into it. But the reality is just because we have an idea doesn't mean that there might be, well, there are a couple of things. There might be demand for from the public, but then also the way that we may be sort of understanding it may be different than actually what's really happening to the users. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, there is also time to jump onto ideas. Actually, I have a fresh memory. I was just uh, last weekend at the first hackathon for mental health here in San Francisco, which was really interesting. And, you know, in a hackathon, you basically have one and a half day to come up with a prototype solving a problem. And you don't have the time to go do 500 interviews. So there is a time to jump on ideas. But I think if you really want to build something meaningful, which will have an impact, it always comes with a problem first. It's always, I think, a famous saying from Einstein was that you know if I had an hour left to live in earth and there was a problem I would spend 55 minutes on the problem five minutes on the solution huh. that is such an interesting such a different way to look at it. I love that quote by the way yeah <laughs> so I guess I wanted to kind of go a little deeper into those conversations that you had so were there like you said part of it was that you know clinicians saw that there were certain therapeutic modalities that were effective, but those had homework components. So were there certain types of homework, like, I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking offhand, like meditation or daily walk or exercise or doing some kind of worksheet, like, were there certain type of those homeworks that clients were more likely to engage in that you found? Well, we found that out more from a product side. When I say more from a product side, we did the interviews and we heard a lot the the story of providing worksheets and emotion tracking and other types of activities, thought reframing activities. But the biggest problem was that they just couldn't get the clients to do their homework. Actually, one of our win moments was when we went to a couple of conferences and we had um, uh, which were therapist driven, which they had the following question. We had the following question on the T-shirt, which said, "What if your clients did their homework?" Mm-hmm. And therapists would stop on our booth and say, "Okay, tell me more." So I don't think it has to do, in my experience, at least from an, inter- from an interview side, um, regarding specific um, modalities or activities. I think it has to do with uh, motivating and their clients to do the homework and providing the medium that this happens. And I can share some some info we have actually from our experience with our product and what works and what doesn't. So we found out that clients get the most out of short and manageable exercises that can fit into their busy lives, right? Focusing on keeping our our activities short and direct helps clients feel like every effort is important as opposed to when they're bombarded with long worksheets. And we also know that from most of the studies that the that higher homework compliance leads to faster and longer lasting progress. That has been proven uh, or said from, from many studies. Some of the activities that work really well for both clients and therapists are tracking activities, journaling activities, and an activity that lets clients share what they want to discuss during the next session. And I can elaborate more on each one of them. When I say tracking, I mean distress level tracking and emotion tracking. Now, those tracking exercises allows a therapist and a client to unpack their feelings and know whether they are making progress. Actually, yesterday we talked to a client who was using TheraChat that told us how learning to articulate his emotions using motion tracking in TheraChat has allowed him to communicate with his partner in ways that he hadn't done before. Plus, his therapist is able to see those emotions and how they're changing over time. 
Uh, so that's kind of the first type of activities. The second one is what we call open journaling. Uh, when clients use journaling activities, they're able to note down exactly how they're feeling in the moment. So not having to do it in a physical journal. And with traditional worksheets, this is not possible, of course, because people don't carry those around. Clients that journal learn to reflect on situations and interpret them. Internal also, we also automatically highlight topics from the journals that pop up and therapists can easily spot patterns to address during sessions. The third one type of activity we've seen, which is a breakout success, and I actually couldn't have predicted it because it's so simple. It's an activity called About Next Session. This allows a client to use the app to share what they want to discuss during the next session. Uh, to avoid recency bias, for example, you know, we discussed uh, in the session what happened yesterday. Uh, now, many clients mentioned that this less direct way of prepping with their therapist helps them reach difficult subjects. This finding actually connects to a research on text messaging uh, that cites that people are able to share intimate details, sometimes more quickly when communicating in written words. The other thing is, it's been really interesting to see the data on the activities that are assigned using TheraTent, and specifically around scheduling. So we know now that, or we've seen, that therapists often schedule activities in the morning around 8 to 9 a.m., in the afternoon around 3 p.m., or at night around 8, 8 p.m. But here's the difference. For the clients, the times that the clients actually complete those activities, no matter when the therapist schedules them, what time, are all over the place. So, so if anything, my biggest recommendation would be to anybody listening and is interested in homework compliance would be either using Theratide or not, is when assigning your, client, assigning your client's homework, allow for flexibility. And uh, allowing for flexibility in, in, in Theratide actually has resulted from early results two to three times more homework than is cited in CBT liter literature studies. In addition, this type of flexibility means that clients complete their homework more consistently week after week, and clients end up getting more out of the therapy. And since their therapists are able to see those results as well, therapists are able to get important topics faster during session. So these are kind of some of the activities we see. Uh, this is from product uses level that are really successful. And there are many others. We have over 40 activities there. I don't even know what to ask. Like, it's such cool data, like you talking about it in that way, because I think for me, like, I mean, I've struggled with this. Like, even I think about like when I've talked with other colleagues or when I've done consultation, like for me, at least it's like, okay, let me see what worksheet I can print. Mm. Like, I don't think always about, for example, like, uh, well, even this, this idea that short and direct is key, right? Like, so this idea that less is more, because at least for me, I know that when I'm in the therapy room, I feel this pressure sometimes to try to get as much progress made outside a session, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so sometimes it's like, oh, I will sometimes maybe over assign and I have to really check myself because, you know, otherwise it's just, I could see it like this becoming really overwhelming. And I think yeah. as you talk, it's like, it's just a reminder for me that as with a lot of things like short, sweet, and to the point is, is really key. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I don't think we've interviewed you, right? So we should do that. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll, we'll have to make that happen. Yeah. Um, so you said some other really cool things. So the, the tracking aspect. So the key is tracking sort of their emotional state mm -hmm. outside of session, but keeping that tracking really brief. Is that right? 
Exactly. And uh, making it in, you know, very easy to use, of course, and not allowing for not allowing, not focusing on them spending too much time. For example, our emotion tracking is based on um, the emotional will, but they can choose up to three emotions. They can choose the intensity very quickly. They can choose secondary emotions. And this all happens in a matter of seconds. And then they can save it. And very important also, which is a very good feedback uh, mechanism for therapists, uh, we ask them, the client at the end, was this helpful or was this not helpful, right? Mm-hmm. In this way, if the client says it's not helpful, the therapist sees that and they can actually adjust the activity or, you know, create a new one because they can customize it as well or if simply discuss it as well. So it's really in the moment. And I think it has been found very helpful from the clients we spoke to. That's really interesting because I often think like, I know that when I assign homework, I'll check in with clients and we'll discuss the homework. But if I'm just completely being honest, I don't think I've ever completely like explicitly asked, like, was Mm. this exercise helpful? You know, like I've always made the assumption like, oh, it's something that's empirically validated. Like it's got to be helpful. Yeah, I mean, the interviewer uh, in me wants to interview you now, but I, I, will, I will stop that. But one of the things we talk about within my team is also about therapist-client alliance. Mm-hmm. It's an alliance and homework doesn't always only need to be assigned. It needs to be also understood, discussed, and reviewed. And we've seen that from therapists we talk to that the chances of homework compliance being high is when the client understands why they do it and also when they have an input in it as well. It's not even the word homework. I even don't like it. I'm trying to find a new word. It, it implies that you have to do it right from school. Right. It brings up a lot of, I think for a lot of us, it brings up like almost a negative image. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought I was done with school. You're giving me more. <laughs> exactly. So the second part you said is journaling now. So just even within like, what have you found more specifically? So it sounds like short kind of cues or key. So is it like if the therapist sort of gives nuanced kind of prompts, like depending on the client situation, or is the real key just keeping it short and sweet? The real key always is keeping it short and manageable. I would say that always depends on the client. Of course, you will know it from your experience. There are some clients who love to journal, right? And they will do whatever uh, because they really like it. But journaling as an activity as such is not something people always aspire to, especially because they have to do it in a physical journal most of the time, let's say. But yeah, short and manageable is probably my my first recommendation. And in our app, the, the way this works, there is one standard activity, which is open journaling. You open it up and it has like a great question which says, you know, what's happening today? That's kind of a standard. But a therapist can customize it completely with um, creating a custom activity. And for example, tell me about you know, how you dealt with um, a situation yesterday regarding social anxiety, for example. So it's, it's also personalization. We've seen also those therapists who customize the questions have the, the most success as well, uh, or the most success in terms of combo compliance. So I would say definitely from the beginning, short and manageable exercises, but also to the extent that it's fitting the, the client, because it's always a case-by-case basis, uh, personalizing it so that they feel sometimes that it's not a computer-only you know, generated activity. It's also something that their therapist will see or actually creates. That's interesting. So do clinicians, I guess with this journaling, do clinicians just assign like one journal prompt per week, for example, for like a weekly client? Or are they doing this like multiple times a week where they give like different prompts 
We haven't seen necessarily a pattern of how many you know specific activities assigned per week. They assign all kinds of activities. I would say more than for sure uh, three or four on a weekly basis, and some of them are repeated uh, on a daily basis. Some of them are uh, just once a week. And actually, the benefit of somebody using TheraChat is that they can schedule it down to the minute and even very easily say repeat that exercise those days of the weekend the specific time. But Typically, uh, the therapists assign more than for sure one or uh, two activities. And it doesn't, we haven't seen yet a pattern in terms of like this activity happens for this type of clients because we're just gathering data right now. Right. And I know this might still be early, but has there been like a sweet spot in terms of how many of these homework assignments to give per week? Like is three to four? Is that the sweet spot or is that? I would say, I think that we don't have enough data to give you that number, but I would say for sure that it's more than five activities per week. But it depends also, some of them are repetitive, right? So if you assign emotion tracking twice a week, is that two activities or is it one? Mm-hmm. So but when I have data, this conclusive data, I will share it with you. It's fascinating because as you were saying that, like I just kept thinking like the clinician is with the client in between sessions, right? Yeah. Like with this sort of by assigning these and activities. What most surprised you about all of the findings that you, about all things you found? It's been actually eye-opening to hear how much clients want to do the work to reach their goals because we often assume that they don't want to do the work, uh, but actually there are many logistical issues to doing the work. And When I was starting TheraChat, actually, I was shocked about that uh, because these are barriers that technology can easily solve for. And we're not recreating the wheel here. I think we're just using technology to augment therapy practices. So one of the things that was kind of eye-opening, that also shows in our numbers, the thing that I said before about asking clients if an activity is helpful or not, 90% of assignments are found helpful by clients so far. Hmm. And that's a very interesting number in terms of the how clients you know, like to do the homework. Uh, the other interesting piece has been finding out how much homework, if handled well, can strengthen, can, sorry, can strengthen the client-therapist uh, alliance, I said before, that is so important for has it, having positive therapy outcomes. Mm. Internally in our team and sometimes externally, we share uh, the analogy of a piano teacher. Uh, right? If you're starting to play a musical instrument, it's very hard. And it's a lot of effort to see results. And, you know, you need to practice, of course. You need to do the homework. But it also has to do with your piano teacher and how that relationship goes and how he or she is able to motivate you. So I think that therapist alliance is very, very important. So if therapist doesn't acknowledge, for example, a client for completing their, their work, they will stop doing it. We even have some therapists right now telling us, I want to comment when my client is doing homework. Good job, right? Or, you know, congrats. Because a therapist is really a coach for a client, helping them from the sideline while they develop their coping skills. Mm. Now, with with TheraTel, we're really focused on making sure that therapists can do this quickly and in a way that ends up saving them time. Once that starts to happen, you can really see the relationship open up. Some of the stories we've heard, and that's really one of the a daily or weekly kind of things that makes me cheer up and you know want to do this even more. Some of the stories we've heard have been powerful. Just the other day, 
uh, we heard the story of a therapist who had a client come in with you know general anxiety had been suffering from it for years and this client was struggling with managing the anxiety even with the help of the therapist mm. and one week while reviewing the journal entries in TerraChat, the therapist noticed that the client mentioned some story of trauma and that was just enough for the therapist to breach the subject during the next session and afterwards the two of them were able to address the you know, the client's underlying issue. And since then, the client has learned to manage the anxiety and the um, client has been able to sleep through at night for the first time in years. And, you know, having that impact in one person's life is something that really is, is really rewarding, in my opinion. So that's been surprising in, in, the, in the meaning that we wanted to make an impact, but I think we're making an impact faster than we thought. That's one thing. The other thing that I would add here is we had, let's say it was not tough, sorry, it was not easy to get to therapists and interview them, but it was even harder to get clients who are in therapy to interview them and find out more about, you know, what are their goals in therapy and what are their issues and problems. And I've, um, I think we've been blessed with a lot of clients sharing their experience with us, even from, you know, clients who are using therapy today, because we always have to go via the, the therapist to, to talk to them. Mm. And that's really good because we get to talk to the source and we get to talk to the people who you, when I say you, the therapist, but also us, we want to help eventually. That's so neat. I think you answered this and this is sort of my last question, but it sounds like the key thing in this homework is sort of the the motivation of the client, right? And and yes. I think what you're saying is the key thing is that there has to be some like therapeutic rapport built with the client and therapist before any of this is like can happen, right? Exactly. And I don't know if you have the data on this, so please don't feel the pressure to answer it in any way. But like, is there any data on like, what if it is a situation where it's a client that maybe has had a negative experience of homework or they're sort of resistant to the idea of homework. So how does a, any thoughts or any tips on how a clinician can sort of help guide the client and sort of explain the benefits, if that makes sense? Yeah, I don't have a specific use case, uh, but definitely one of the things that we've seen, we've asked, um, we, we do customer interviews all the time, right? So, and we always ask our therapists, how did you introduce Theratet, right? How, and on our homework, right? Uh, because Theratet is about homework. And I think some of them, for example, said I, I sat down and, you know, I explained to them why it's important. And they saw the activities, for example, together. And they had the input of the client. And I think getting them to understand why it's important, it's key before they use their chat or anything else. I think that's probably the most important thing. And also one of my early findings, although I was in therapy in the past myself, but one of the early findings was that clients drive therapy sessions. That's something for me was eye-opening before we even built TerraTet. And I think having that understanding that homework is something that will get you further, will help you. And I think that's number one, if I would have to give a recommendation. And I think I've seen from or I've heard from customer interviews that those who do it, uh, who establish that basic trust uh, about why we do what we do together, those are the ones who actually get the most from homework compliance and eventually getting people to progress and cope with their mental health conditions. That's really interesting. Chris, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thank you so much for creating thank you. Their, their chat. Tell us a little bit more about where we can learn more about their chat and the, the work you guys are doing for our field. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things is that I want to say is that it was our passion as a team to, it is our passion as a team to make an impact uh, by solving a real problem. And actually, we've been working together for over two years. So one of the things I want to say is I'm just the voice in this case of eight people in total. I have seven other people working with me, which are amazing and working every day to make Teratata um, uh, helpful and solving the problem. And the other thing I uh, want to say is that uh, you can find Teratata at www www.theratat.io. It's T-H-E-R-A-C-H-A-T.io, not .com. And if you want to test it out, you can test it out for 14 days for free. You don't have to pay anything, no credit card required, and see if it works for you. And if you like what we're doing, just reach out to me. Uh, You can find me um, also on Twitter uh, and just reach out. Perfect. Well, we'll definitely link to that. Of course, thank you so much again for doing this. Thank you, Melvin, for having me. This was fun. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Chorus. And uh, more than anything, I hope that it's given you some new ideas in terms of how to incorporate homework assignments into client sessions. As I mentioned on that podcast interview, I think one of the things that I've always struggled with is giving too much homework. And I think because I, I don't know if it's like, I want the clients to do well. And sometimes I think I have this fear of whether we've covered everything that needs to be covered in session. And I just always feel this pull sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I feel this pull to make sure that clients are getting the benefit of of their time with me. I think the one thing I was taking away was that, as with a lot of things, with homework assignments, um, short, sweet, intentional and customized can go really far. Customized when possible, of course. Kouris mentioned a number of tips and resources and all sorts of things and data. You can check out the show notes over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 151 to find those and to find the text of that. Before we wrap up, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Turning Point HQ for supporting today's podcast session. So Turning Point HQ is the result or is the brainchild of David Frank, who is a financial planner for therapists. And as I've mentioned before, uh, Dave and I actually have gotten to be good friends, just an awesome person to work with. And one of the things that Dave will help us to do is create a holistic and an intentional retirement and investing plan that supports you to lead a really awesome life. Because ultimately, I think for many of us, it's we invest, right, to create the life that we want. And uh, it's to do it in an intentional way. And Dave, honestly, is just one of the most like heart-centered folks that I've ever met. And you're absolutely going to be in good hands with him. You can learn more about Turning Point HQ and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Turning Point HQ. And if you go through that link, uh, Dave actually created this seven financial mistakes that therapists make. It's a free downloadable and uh, you can download it right there. And then you also get $200 off any of your, any of the services that Dave provides. Be sure to mention that you heard it on STC. Have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks again for taking the time to tune in. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.
So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.